are, but Lord, you're alive and you're alive within us. Lord, we thank you for that, Lord. We pray that you'd help us. Help us, Lord, to walk in that living hope, knowing that you're there with us, that you're alive and well. Lord, we thank you for that. Lord, help us to know that, that you're always there, that we can trust you and lean upon you and depend upon you. Lord, we thank you for your love and your forgiveness for us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Continuing our series on prayer, I always want to, each time I want to remind us that prayer is the result of a relationship, that we pray out of a relationship with our Heavenly Father. And it's, it's relational. It's not something we just, we just say and do out of uh, habit or some kind of repetition. Um, we do it through repetition. We do it repeatedly, but it's out of relationship. We talk to our Father, our Heavenly Father. We have that relationship when we're born again. The Bible says we're born of the Spirit, then we are the children of God. Today I want to look at praying with thanksgiving. Praying with thanksgiving. Philippians 4, 6 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So if we're praying about something, we need to pray with thanksgiving. Easier for some than others. You know, I would say that some people are born more thankful than others. Some people are born complaining about more things than others. Some people are born more positive than others. Some people are born more negative than others. Praying with thanksgiving might come easier for some. Might come harder for others. If it comes easier for us, we probably just need to be reminded that it's, you know, something we need to do. If it comes hard for us, it might be difficult. A little more difficult. What can we be thankful for? I'm praying about a problem. You know, I got a serious problem and I'm praying about it. What is there to be thankful about this? I'm not thankful. You know, it's just all bad. It's all bad. If that's how you see it, then you need to realize that you can still be thankful even though you're praying for a problem. We can be thankful that God hears us. You know, if we're praying, I'm, you know, not to deny the problem, but boy, I'm sure thankful that God hears me. I'm thankful that God loves me. I'm thankful that God answers, that he answers my prayer. You know, some of us, if we're, if we're really complainers, you know, we, we might say, well, I'll pray, but it probably won't do any good. Probably won't make any difference. Probably nothing's going to happen. You know, we need to we need to realize that God wants us to be thankful. We need to be thankful people. And thankfulness is an attitude of our hearts. It's an attitude of our hearts. If we recognize that we're not thankful. Now, if you can't recognize you're not a thankful person, I'll bet you the people around you can and those of probably around you, maybe your family have already told you, you know, you're always negative. You're always complaining about this and that. You know, there's people that remind us if we don't, can't see it ourselves. And sometimes we need to listen and realize that, you know, maybe that's something I really do need to work on. That, you know, I can, if I'm not a thankful person, I can learn to be thankful. You know, I can pray and God will help me. He'll help me to change. You know, 
I think it's good to remember that, you know, we may have certain attributes, but it doesn't make them right. Those things that aren't what God would want, he would change if we ask him. In Psalms 100, Psalms 100, it says, Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures through all generations. You know, this psalm reminds us that we're to be thankful. We're to be thankful. And we're to come into his presence with thanksgiving. So when I come to God and when I pray to him, when I come into his presence, when I ask him and talk to him, he wants me to come with thanksgiving, which means I have to already have it in me. I come with thanksgiving. I don't come hoping to get thankful, but I come with thanksgiving. It needs to become a part of us. It needs to become who we are, who we are. We're thankful people. We're thankful people. If we really understand who he is and who we are, we shouldn't have any reason not to be thankful, not to be thankful, to realize how much God has loved us, even when we did not deserve it. If you, if you can at least start there, you know, that when we don't deserve it, God loved us and sent his son to die on a cross. And I can be thankful for that. You know, you could have children and talking about being thankful. And I think we need to train our children to be thankful. Some children are more thankful than others. You're going to have, again, the personalities are different. But no matter what their personality, you can still train them to be thankful. Still train them to be thankful, to say thank you. You know, sometimes, you, what, you have to remind them sometimes over and over. Some maybe not so much as others, but, you know, you remind them, be thankful. Say thank you. What do you say? You know, what do you say? Oh, thankful. Thank you. You know, and it's a matter of sometimes a training. We can train. You know, there's there's things in our lives that we can get to be a part of. If it's something that doesn't come naturally, then we can discipline ourselves and we can train ourselves to be more thankful instead of just saying, well, that's just the way I am. No, we can we can be more thankful. We can work on it. And and we need to see that, you know, the opposite of being thankful is grumbling. You know, grumbling and complaining. In in Philippians 2.14, it says, Do all things without complaining and disputing. Do everything without complaining. Everything. That doesn't leave any room. I, you know, it's like, well, if I have to do everything without complaining? Wow. Let's see. I sure didn't like the time change this morning. Boy, it just ruins my day. Oh, this is hard. It gets harder as you get older, I think. I don't know. It's my experience. Didn't get any easier. So it appears to me like it's, you know, sort of got a little harder as I got older. And when you're young, I don't know if you even recognize it sometimes. But if I can't complain in all things, do all things without grumbling. When I go to lunch today, I can't complain about the food. I had a situation, I don't know if it was this week or last week, 
I hit two people that were just atrocious in their in their ability to wait on me. It just I sat in a Wendy's drive through for I think it might I don't know, it seemed like ten minutes. And there was cars behind me and they just couldn't get my order right. And when they did give it to me and I pulled away, I opened it up and they left out my sandwich. <laughs> I mean I sat there all that time. I I was like and, and you know and, and the girl finally that wait on me, she just took her headset off and threw it down and she got the boss over there and I was like, Hey, I didn't make up this problem. I just ordered my food and then when I didn't get my sandwich, I thought, You've gotta be kidding me. I I don't think I don't know if I complained. I was past complaining, I think. I don't know. And then I went to Walmart and I was on a time frame. I was with somebody else. And this clerk talked about every item she put in the bag. <laughs> she conversed about every item. I'm not, I'm sorry, every, I mean, there was about maybe 15 items and she conversed about every item. And I'm sitting there thinking, you're kidding me. You're kidding me. And you know, if we're not careful, you know, we can get where we start complaining. You know, it says don't complain, do all things without complaining. I'm like, yeah, but wow, this is kind of over the over the top, you know. There's just things that come up in our life if we're not careful that we easily complain, easily upset us. Things that just don't go the way we think they ought to. And so we have to be careful and remember that when we pray, and I think it has to become a part of us, so it's not just like, okay, it's time to pray, so I better get thankful. I don't think that works. It, it may be a starting point. But I think we need to get to where we're thankful people. And we're thankful people and we pray with thanksgiving. We pray with thanksgiving. Then I think we need to learn to pray persistently. Persistently. In Luke, Luke the 18th chapter, Jesus told a parable about a lady who was persistent. In Luke, the 18th chapter, beginning at the first verse, then Jesus spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. Pray and not lose heart. And he said, there was a certain city, there, there was in a certain city a judge who did not fear God nor regard men. Now there was a widow in that city and she came to him saying, get justice for me from my adversary. And he would, and he would not for a while but afterward, he said within himself, though I do not fear God nor regard men, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she worries me. Wearies me. Then the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge said. And shall not God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he, will he really find faith on the earth? So he's told a story. He said there was a, there was a widow. She wanted to be avenged for a problem she had with an adversary, and the judge didn't want to do nothing for her, so she just kept coming, and she just kept asking. Doesn't say nag. I know you start to think, no, it's, it's not nagging. It's just bringing, reminding, bringing it up. I'm still, I still have a need. 
I still need this. This is still a problem. And he says that we need to be that way with God. That we need to be that way. We need to pray and not lose heart. Pray and don't give up. You know, sometimes it's easy to give up. Sometimes maybe we throw up a prayer and we think, well, that was enough. Well, we need to be persistent. We need to be persistent. We need to pray. We need to pray. God saw her persistence, or the judge did, but God sees our persistence. What does persistence tell you? Well, it must be important to that person. You know, somebody keeps asking, you think, wow, this must be really important to them. They must really care about this. And so they're persistent. God saw their faith, sees our faith. He sees our faith. We have faith in him, so we keep coming to him. and We keep asking. We don't lose heart. We, don't, we lose heart because of the circumstances and what's going on. You know, we lose heart because, well, it doesn't seem like this is working. God sees our commitment to pray, that we pray and we pray. We don't give up. It's important to us. It's important to us. It's not nagging. God wants to hear from us. And it says he will answer. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, it says, Pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. Don't stop. Don't stop. Keep praying. Praying all the time. Never give up. My experience is God's time frame is different than mine. Usually about the time I'm about to my wit's end, where I think there's no hope. It's at right then, it seems like, when God is ready to answer for whatever reason. Not always, not always, but a lot of times. I personally think that's for my benefit. My benefit. I would believe if God answered all my prayers real quick, I would probably just get pretty assumptive and just assume he's just going to take care of me. But I believe time teaches us and trains us. We learn things by waiting for him. And it tells us how much we really believe that he's going to answer. That I really believe he's going to answer. I don't give up because he's the answer. He's the answer, so why would I give up? And a lot of times it's right at that almost last minute that the answer comes. The answer comes. I've seen people out of jobs, you know, and they think, wow, that's right. I, I need a job. And then all of a sudden it gets down to where you feel like it's the last minute and a job comes. There's just many times I've seen that happen. So, so we need to pray persistently. We need to not give up. We need to continue to, to look to him and trust him. Trust him knowing that he's going to answer. He's going to answer. I want to think about the power, the power of prayer. What's your expectation when you pray? What do you expect? Are you trusting God? Believing that uh, he's going to answer? Is your prayer kind of a, well, I hope so. 
You know, there's things in the Bible, I believe, that we as Christians need to get our faith in a place where we agree with what God already says. You know, I don't have to hope so. I have to trust him and know that he said he will answer. It's not I hope so, but, you know, sometimes people say, well, I hope so. Sometimes people think, well, maybe this will work. I think it's okay to try God, but the problem I have with trying God is how long are you going to try him? Are you really going to try him long enough to get an answer? You know, if you say, well, I'll try God, I'll give him one prayer and see what happens. If you're, if you're trying God, it's just one prayer and see what happens. I'm not saying you can't answer it and won't, but I'm just saying that that's not much faith involved. Long term, that won't work. I think sometimes depends where we are, but new believers, that can work. But long term, it's not, I'll try God. How long are you going to try him? How long are you going to try him? Is this just a little experiment, or what are, you, what are we talking here? Or sometimes we say, well, I've tried everything else. I guess I should pray, or prayer can't hurt. There's not much faith involved there. If that's where we're at, it's honest. But I believe we need to see that when we pray, God wants us to have expectation. When your children come to you and want something, they have an expectation they're going to get it. They expect, they expect to get it. Now, if it's not good for them, you know, you can answer by saying, no, that's not good for you. No, we're not going to do that. Or you can't have it right now. That's okay. But their expectation is, you're going to, they're going to get it or get it at some time. My observation is most children think they're going to get it now and they want it now, you know, but they at least have an expectation. So when we pray, we have to pray with faith, believing, expecting God to do it. There needs to be that expectation. Sometimes we may need to Conduct ourselves according to him answering what we ask for. You know, if you ask him for something, then you ought to have your mind start to get to a place where you would expect it to happen. And you could receive it. And sometimes we do that before we actually get it. That we start living like we've got the answer. We live according to what he says. And so we have an expectancy about us. In James, the first chapter, the eighth verse, it says, starting in verse 7, For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord if he is a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. When we pray, we need to have an expectation that God's going to answer, and that takes faith. If we're double-minded, then it says, don't think that you're going to get anything because it makes you unstable in all your ways. So we have to pray and believe and don't be double-minded about it. Sometimes that's real difficult. Sometimes that's real difficult depending on what we're praying for. But we need to be single-minded. Okay, Lord, I'm trusting you. I'm looking to you. I'm believing you. I think you're the one. You're the one that will answer because I believe who you are. 
Who is he? Who is he? I hope he's more than the man upstairs. I hear that once in a while. I don't I don't know for sure. You know, maybe that's a kind way of naming God. I'm not sure. Um, I always hesitate when I hear that. Well, he's the man upstairs. I don't know. That seems kind of vague to me. I don't know what that means for sure. You know, he says who he is in Psalms Psalms one nineteen. Psalms one nineteen verse eighty nine to ninety one. It says, "Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven." Your faithfulness endures to all generations. You establish the earth and it abides. He established the earth. He created the universe. Now, this is who I'm praying to. This is who I'm praying to. The king of the universe, the one who created it. And I expect him to act. I have an expectancy that the God of the universe will act. Why? Because I'm so good? No. Why? Because... I deserve it? No. Because of who he is. And I put my faith in him. And I like that part that says, Oh Lord, your word is settled in heaven. His word is settled in heaven. Why does it say in heaven? Well, because in heaven, I believe it's settled down here. It's still kind of up for grabs. Depending on us. But in heaven... His word is established forever. It's settled. It's settled. It's done. So when I pray to him, I can pray trusting him because what he says is true. And his word is settled forever. I wish it was settled down here. Down here, we got life. Down here, we got things. We got sin. We got stuff going on. Even though God's word is settled in heaven, down here we have to go through life. This isn't heaven, by the way. (laughs) If it is, we're all in trouble, you know. But his word is settled in heaven. It's settled forever. In Matthew, Matthew 24, verse 35, it says, Heaven and earth will pass away, but but my words will by no means pass away. Heaven and earth will pass, but his word will not pass away. So when I pray, I have to pray with an expectation based upon his word and who he is and what he has said. That's that's what I use my basis for what I'm praying for. I believe what God says, not what's going on around me. That is really hard sometimes. Really hard sometimes. It's really hard sometimes living in this world and trusting God. Sometimes the world don't look so good. Sometimes the things around me don't look so good. Sometimes what I see, my circumstances don't look so good. That's why we trust in him and his word is settled forever in heaven. So I trust what he says. I trust what he says. I put my faith in him. My expectation is in him and what he has said. It's hard sometimes to get past the circumstances of life. The circumstances of life. And honestly, in this world we have tribulation. 
Jesus says, but be, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. You know, he says, in this world, we have tribulations. We have, we have stuff. We have stuff. But be of good cheer. I've overcome that stuff. That stuff. What we realize, I believe, that as we go through life, and this, at least this is my expectation, that doesn't mean he takes away all the stuff. You know, that was always my hope. My hope was that if I became a Christian, that life would just be good and easy. Easy especially. You know, I want it to be easy. I want it to be without turmoil. I want it to be without trouble. I want it to be without storms of life. And then as I got older, I realized that it didn't look like that was going to happen completely. And then I realized he said he wouldn't necessarily take away the storms. He said he would be with us in the midst of the storm. Sometimes our expectancy probably changes a little bit, what we expect. You know, it's easy to expect God. That's why I think it's a real detriment to tell, to tell unbelievers sometimes, well, become a Christian and everything will get easy and better. I think there are aspects of that that are true. But if you're thinking about the circumstances of life, I think you're misleading them. Because there's times when becoming a Christian, things can get worse. And, and I don't mean that in, in a bad sort of way. But, you know, Jesus says, follow me. Follow me. And guess what? You can live a life like I did. What kind of a life did he? Well, he eventually gave up his life for us. He died on a cross. He said, if they persecuted me, don't be surprised if they persecute you. Take up your cross and follow me. You know, sometimes when we think about what we pray for with expectancy, I think as Christians we need to have a little reality check sometimes, realize that Jesus says, you know, it may not always be easy. Now he said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. I'll be there for you. You know, his early followers. His early followers, some of them died martyrs' death. All the disciples did but one. They all died a you know, martyr's death. The one, I, the one I really hold on to is Stephen. You know, he was the first one. And, and Stephen, you know, he saw heaven. He saw Jesus right there with him. I believe, you know, I, you know, we don't. I don't think it's good to sit and think about martyrs' death. Well, let's just let's just meditate on that for a while. Let's just think about it. I don't think we should avoid it, but I don't know that you should just sit and think about it all the time. But what I think we need to realize is that if we get in that situation, that God is there for us. And he'll give us what we need at that time. That's why it's hard to think about it ahead of time because you're not there. He gives us faith for what we need at the moment, at the moment. And so as Christians, I think we have a expectancy based upon his word. You know, that he's not going to get me out of all situations. If that's true, then he let down all those disciples. How's come, how's come they all died that way? Well, he's right there with them. He's right there with them. 
You know, I think it's an, a neat picture if you really think about it. As they're dying, he's there with them to take them to eternity with him. It's kind of a neat, kind of a neat picture if you really think about it. But, you know, as Christians, whatever we're going through, whatever we're going through, we need to pray with expect, expecting God to work. Expecting him to answer. Not always the way, see, it's not always to avoid the situation and to get me out of something, but it's to be there for me, to help me through it, to take care of me, to guide me. And he will. He says he'll never leave me or forsake me. I believe there's things that being a Christian give us that nobody else can have. The peace of God which passes all human understanding. If times get tough, just think about this. And I'm, but if times would get tough, if that would happen someday, times would get tough, you want to go it by yourself or you want to go it with him? Do you want him to be there to help you through or do you just want to, just want to kind of see if you can figure this out on your own? You know, I think that's when it makes a difference for the Christian knowing he's there with us. He's there with us. He's going to take care of us. He's going to take care of us. I believe he wants to bless us. He wants to encourage us. I believe all those things. Doesn't mean that I'm going to avoid some things in life. But it means no matter what it is, I can expect him to take care of me. I can expect him to be there for me. So when we pray, we pray with that expectancy, knowing God's going to move. He's going to work. He's going to take care of me. I can trust him. I can trust him no matter what, no matter what my circumstances. And so we have something to look forward to as we pray. It takes faith. It takes faith. That's what he asks us to do. Pray in faith, expecting him to work. Let's all stand. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, that you hear us. Lord, we thank you that you care about us. Lord, help us to be persistent, not to give up, to continue to pray in faith, believing and trusting you. Because that's where we put our trust, Lord. It's in you. So, Lord, we look to you. And, Lord, we expect you to answer. We expect you to, to do what you want to do, that your word is settled in heaven. And we just trust you for that. Lord, I just pray that you just help us to keep looking to you and trusting you for all that we need. Lord, whatever our need, help us to know that you're here and you're listening and that you answer. Lord, we thank you for that. Just be with everyone now and bless them as they leave. And we just thank you for that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen.